Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Emily Slade, and welcome back. You watched it so many times before, and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it, and now you show it to your friends, and they're like, What? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And I'm joined today by Jacob from The Bad Things Podcast. Have I said that correctly? You have indeed. Spot on. Yes. Hooray! Um, his movie choice is Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit, 2005. The IMDb breakdown. Wallace and his loyal dog Gromit set out to discover the mystery behind the garden sabotage that plagues their village and threatens the annual giant vegetable growing contest. Why this film? Why this film? Uh, I a few things in this world bring me as much joy as Wallace and Gromit. Um, That's fair. I watched them loads as a kid. Uh, I had the, 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 all of the, the, the three shorts mm-hmm. as they were at the time on DVD. Yeah. Uh, and then when this came out in the cinema, it was like I remember being a kid. Two thousand and five. I would have been eight when this came okay. out. So I remember, like, this was the first time something that, like, I had watched on TV or, like, DVD was getting, like, a big cinema release. And I was like, oh, my God, I I have to go and see this. I'm so excited. I remember going to the cinema and just, yeah, it was just everything I wanted it to be. And Mm -hmm. then going back and rewatching it as an adult, it, it, it holds up so well and it's still really funny but for you know different reasons as to where it's funny when I was a kid and <laughs> I just love the warmth of it and I love how silly it is and I love that Wallace and Gromit do this so well where they take really sort of innocuous situations and they just make a sort of drama and a plot out of them like a, a, a giant vegetable competition is not an interesting premise for a film but <laughs> They managed to do so much with it because they've they've got some amazing minds at the Ardman team, and they they just yeah. blow it out of the water every single time. And rewatching this film the other day, uh, a couple of days ago, it is just such a well written, funny, tense film. It's it's amazing that that you know the whole thing is made of clay and is about a big rabbit that eats some vegetables. It's just <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I love it. It's so true. It's. I'd I'd forgotten this movie existed to be honest. Um, <laughs> I was the same. I grew up with Wallace and Gromit in the household, although mine were on VHS because oh. I think I'm a little older than you. <laughs> um, and yeah, because they had the Grand Day Out, which was when they went to the moon that and they it. were chased by um, the worst invention in the world—a disgusting, horrific fridge. <laughs> yeah, I don't it, I don't like, really know what uh, it was like. I don't terrifying. Know what it was for what it was. or what it was doing there, but it was like coin uh, operated thing... as well. So oh yeah. Oh my god, because I haven't watched the shorts in years and oh, I've been so intending good. to go back on them and it's just fun to try and recollect them. Um, I was talking with my friend the other day about them um, because uh, both of us agreed that this like weird coin-operated fridge that lived on the moon is fucking terrifying. Oh, it's really scary. Yeah. It, it, it's like rusty and like aggressive. <laughs> it just tries to beat people up with a baton. It, oh, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, 
but wonderful, adorable. Uh, the the way the cheese was like, uh, I guess animated is the word. Mm. Um, it is so satisfying. Like it's so satisfying. Oh yeah, um, animated food always looks better than real food. Looks good. And clay clay food. Oh. Clay oh, food looks even it's better. Like, tangible. Yes. Isn't it? You can, like, yeah, and it's like yourself. soft and mm. and yeah, Soup. you know what? Especially cheese when like cle- cheese yeah. and clay don't really have that dissimilar textures. So. <laughs> it's very true. Um, and then you had um, a close shave, which well, we had uh, the wrong the wrong trousers of... first. Oh, it was the wrong trousers. Wrong next. trousers was ninety five, I think. Wrong trousers uh, was very famously um, home to that to, to Feathers, McGraw, Feathers McGraw, which a lot of people online have said. Does anyone remember that penguin from Wallace and Gromit? It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and a lot of people have responded saying the penguin was fine. It was that chicken that I couldn't get behind. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, they were two different. Again, they were two though, different people. Come on, two different. But so scary when that penguin, like when Gromit's hiding in the box, I think when he's got like binoculars or yes. something, he's looking at the penguin and it's like across. The st- and the way it would walk, it was like slap, 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 slap. Like, ugh, terrifying. It's so sinister um, as well. So Such a sinister character, yeah. And I'm bringing all these up because they'll they'll tie into how, where we get to the Curse of the Were Rabbit because we're sort of late 80s, early 90s here, and then Curse of the Were Rabbit is the mid 2000s, mm. uh, mid 2010s even. And um, yeah, the the trousers themselves were scary. The the use of sound throughout this movie yes. because what's nice about them is that they're almost silent features, but they're also not. Mm. Does that make sense? Like when you look at a Wallace and Gromit, you think it's going to be quite a silent movie, and like a Grand Day Out, I think is mostly silent. Yeah, well, the only character that really speaks is what well, is Wallace, um, mm. Peter Salis. He does an absolutely fantastic job playing Wallace. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets it spot on but yeah Gromit's obviously famously silent Feathers McGraw silent uh, mm-hmm. the the weird fridge thing Creepy silent <laughs> uh, but I know what you mean like in, in my head now imagining the noise that the, the trousers make when they move it's that sort of yeah that sort of mechanical noise and well, horrible. The, whoever, whoever the sound designer on that was it, props to them because it's such yeah. a recognisable sound and I mm-hmm. I love silence in films I think yeah um to use a more recent, and I'm sorry to invoke the uh, the Disney Star Wars trilogy, but the bit in the Last Jedi uh, where oh, where they yeah. jump to jump to light speed and the, all mm-hmm. the sound cuts out, I think that was an amazing yeah. piece of filmmaking. And where they spoiler alert, slice open yeah. Laura Dern. I mean, if you've not seen the Last Jedi by now, you've not you're not <laughs> going to see it. Let's be honest. I'm glad that you're citing it as a good thing, though. Mm. Because if you'd have turned around and said that you didn't enjoy The Last Jedi, this conversation would have had to have ended right now. It's the so. best of the three. It's the best oh, of the three. God, yes it is. Um, story, conversation for another day. But no, you're absolutely right. The use of sound is so important in movies. Mm. It's usually It can be done so well and beautifully uh, and it can just be wasted. And it's never wasted in any of the Wallace and Gromits, I no, don't think. Absolutely. Um, this one particularly the wrong trousers but the sound of the rubber glove as the penguin oh, yes. like, slaps it on his head yeah. and this is these are things i haven't watched in at least 10 years if not much much longer and i can still like feel the rubber as it slides yes. over that penguin's head i think because you, um, you take away the dialogue you have to pay attention to the foley mm. and the sound effects and it's true and and it's 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 brilliant it's you know it's, it's so it's clever tangible. it's keep... so clever yeah I love it um, and then a close shave is uh, just as scary this is what's wonderful about the Wallace and Gromits it's like Bambi everyone thinks it's like twee and shit and then you're like do you remember that 
like pheasant that has like a panic attack and then gets shot out of the sky and flumps down in Bambi. That happens in Bambi and it's terrifying and sad. And then the entire forest gets set on fire and they have a stag fight. It's frightening. Yeah. But people are like, oh, Bambi, it's like the epitome of Disney cheese. And it's the same with Wallace and Gromit. You think Wallace and Gromit, you think, as you rightly said, warm. It's like a hug. It's like a cup of tea. Mm. Um, But it always has this element of threat and uh, sinister as well. It's very good at building atmosphere and um, very good at giving us villains that are... Not wholly threatening, but memorable. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think as well, because the, the setting of all of the films, it bar the bit where they go to the moon, is this tiny little suburb of Wigan um, <laughs> in, like, either the 70s or the 80s. So it's a very <laughs> non... It's a very non-threatening atmosphere, but when you introduce characters like Feathers McGraw or uh, Preston, the robot dog... Oh, fucking Preston! Yeah, fuck Preston, right? Yeah, exactly. He's so scary. He's horrible. He's like abusive. Yeah, he really. Again, the noise. I can picture the yeah. noise he made. Like the bit where. Like that squeaky, yeah. like. It's the bit where he. Um, where they, it's revealed that he's a robot and he just opens his mouth and he just roars at everybody. Yeah. It's so scary. It's really, it's really like, good. Spindly Terminator fingers <laughs> yes. and like. It's so Terminator. Why didn't I think oh. of that? I've, it's only just come to me. Yeah. Like, doesn't he even get crushed like the Terminator? Does? I think he does. Yeah. So he doesn't descend Lol. into like a pit of molten lava. Sadly, no. that would have been so much better. But yeah, no, close shave is really good, and and that was what uh, introduced us to Sean the Sheep as well, which is who is now more famous than his. Um, <laughs> it's like when Mario appeared in Donkey Kong. <laughs> I guess, like they just yeah. shot to fame. Or when uh, like, you're, you're welcome. Yeah, it's like the, he is the um, the Frasier uh, to Wallace and Gromit's Cheers. <laughs> he is. He really is. He's had what three movies now, and a TV show, yeah. and probably a stage show, and there's probably been a Sean the Sheep on Ice. Like... You absolutely know there's been like a, a shitty knockoff Sean the Sheep on Ice that like <laughs> yeah. bored parents take their kids to over like half term. It's like oh, f- just take him to the fucking ice. Just show them his sheep <laughs> on the I'm fucking sure. ice. That used to be a, a sign of. Um like greatness like if your thing was successful and mm. good it would end up on ice oh. like that <laughs> yes. was the like <laughs> how to measure the the worth of your product i always think Did you've um you've made it if you go to a fun fair and you see your product has been ripped off on like the shitty rides <laughs> yeah someone's trying to draw your like <laughs> like bart simpson copyrighted, like yeah on the side of a roller coaster it's like who's this this is brat <laughs> samson yeah yeah or like yellow haired boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love like yellow. I love yellow fat man. He's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he eats the donuts. <laughs> yes, yellow donut man. <laughs> I love it. Like all the knockoff Disney princes, you go to a princess party <laughs> yes. and it's like you can have rose princess <laughs> or shoe princess. You can have fish princess. <laughs> I love it, but um. So there were the sort of three main shorts that came out. Mm-hmm. Then I think we had Chicken Run, didn't yes, we? Yes, Chicken Run was the first full-length uh, Ardman uh, film, which mm-hmm. did very well. I think that was 2000 that came out in. So Chicken Run yeah. is 20 years old, everyone. Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just take that in for a second. <laughs> just, uh, Everybody gets mortality. sad. Everybody gets sad for a minute about how old they are. 
It's so that was obviously magnificent, mm. and then I think the minute that finished and came out, they started production on this one. Yeah, which is essentially it's a homage to horror, which you don't get anymore. And I mean homage, not like shit ripoff or <laughs> shit remake. Or you certainly don't like get spoof. homages to campy horrors like the Boris Karloff films of like yeah. the, the Hammer horror stuff of like the fifties and the sixties because they're just trying to remake them, aren't they? Whereas yeah. this is very much a a love letter yeah. to that sort of era. Yeah. Um, there is no Russell Crowe pretending works. to be Doctor Jekyll in this. Oh. No, not in sight. Did you go and see that? <laughs> I saw it on TV. We after had it this came conversation. <laughs> You don't watch things I'm that sorry. are inevitably bad. I'm sorry. It's my job, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I refuse to watch that on so <laughs> many principles. <laughs> um, so this... Yeah, it's... They they wanted to not give Peter... The, the like, um, the shit people involved in movies, the, like, Harvey Weinstein's of this world, were like, <laughs> um... Can we not have Peter Salas voice Wallace, please? And apparently, um, Ardman were like, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so they went and got Ray Fiennes and Helena Bonham Carter yes. to like placate them. Um, yeah, which love, still isn't a bad find. I and love probably, that they're in this film. I... They suit it. Yeah. They, and like, I have to say, and it's annoying that I'm going to say this, but when the names first came up in the credits, I was like, <laughs> Is Voldemort and Bellatrix are strange <laughs> in a movie together, uh, which is stupid and dumb. And like, I don't even really care that much for the Harry Potter movies, mm. especially the later ones. Um, <laughs> controversial. There's so many possible tangents to go off on on this. But I'll, I'll so just, many. <laughs> I'll just leave it at the door. I'll just leave it at mm-hmm. the door. Just, just put a pin in that for later. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back and, to that. Um, they are. It's weird. You almost don't realise it's them. Yeah. They're just having such a good time. And it you can hear it through their, like, voice. Mm. Like, I'd forgotten how genuinely funny this movie was. Oh, it's so funny. It's... Like... I'm, I'm a big fan of um, kids' movies that, like are also funny for adults not in like a sort of mm-hmm. dirty joke hidden kind of way but when the, the yeah. humour is just so solid and it, timeless exactly it doesn't need to be smutty it doesn't need to be x-rated mm-hmm. it is just funny, funny jokes and funny characters like the vicar yeah. in this film <laughs> is so funny because he's just this big over the top exaggerated character who's obviously a little bit crooked yeah. and a little bit sort of Shady and the you know he prays to God to help him like win the vegetable competition, mm-hmm. which is such a like classic, almost like sitcom level character. Yeah, but it never feels one dimensional. It never feels yeah like a trope. It's just a very well fleshed out, very funny, very mm-hmm. well written character. And this film is full of them. And yeah. you know it, it's funny when you're a kid because it's like oh it's the funny man with the funny hair. But then when yeah. you watch it again as an adult, you're like, no, this this is genuinely a really well-written character. Genuinely funny jokes, as you were saying as well. Like, mm. proper classic, like, it is just funny. Like, mm. I've completely forgotten half of the jokes in this. Within, like, three minutes, we get to have, um, I'll be there in a... And then he gets, like, shot up into the ceiling. So he's like, ah! <laughs> and then the bottom card is like, an ah! I can't wait an ah! It's an emergency! I was like... 
I had completely forgotten that that joke existed and now it is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And then immediately we're back to like, I would like to pay. Oh, well, we take cash or credit. Yes. No, you idiot. Like, just really, my hair, hair, no, these are rabbits. <laughs> like, just, like, almost carry on type humour. It's just, and, like, it's a very... so British Yeah, that's, well. that's what, you know, I, 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 I sort of hate the people who are like, Oh, you know, the British sense of humour is the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, no, that's just not true because every sense of humour is valid. But there is definitely a distinctive British humour. And yes. this, and all the Wallace and Gromit films, I think, encapsulate that sense, <laughs> of, uh, sense of what the British people generally tend to find funny. Yeah. And the setting, as we mentioned, is so British. It's So like that mundane... <laughs> Sort of hot fuzzle. Yeah. Oh, that's a uh, great village. comparison. Yes. Yes. And like, but so different to hot fuzz mm. with how they use the setting, but such a good setting for comedy yeah. because it's almost meaningless. As you were saying, like, what the hell? Why are we watching a movie about a vegetable growing <laughs> contest? But. To these people, it's the most like the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Well, that's the and thing. It's that because it's so self-contained. Yeah. I mean, we we live in a hot fuzz county. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're both from Suffolk, so we know the pain of the giant vegetable competition. <laughs> important. <laughs> Come on. Um, I think because it's it's so self-contained, because like mm-hmm. the world outside of this village doesn't exist to yeah. these characters. Wallace. You know, he's this great inventor. He built a rocket in his shed, but does he use it to make millions or does he use it to, like, you know, does he go to NASA? No, he goes to the moon to eat some no, cheese because some cheese. he's just he's just content with his life. He's just, mm-hmm. you know, he just wants to invent a machine that, you know, gets the right thickness of cracker or the right, <laughs> the right temperature of tea. It's very simple without being boring because yeah. the, the motivations are very clear with these mm-hmm. characters and you've, you're allowed to fully buy into the setting and allowed to fully buy into the idea that yeah all these people love this vegetable competition it, it, it is literally the only thing they live for yeah which I think is a line from the movie it is yes it's one of the women people <laughs> one of the women in the church it's like we have it's great <laughs> um, Gromit looks to camera like a lot mm. and I'm here for it Gromit Gromit is so iconic. Gromit is, and I do not I say this without a hint of irony, one of the greatest fictional creations of all time. He is. Mm. Because he never says a word, but you know you can tell so much about him. And (laughs) he's such his character is so consistent across everything that Arben have done with him. And he's incredibly likable and incredibly investment worthy from a, an audience mm-hmm. perspective you, you really do feel for him in this film when you know his best friend yeah. his, his, his you know confidant Wallace is in danger and he's just trying to save him he, oh my god when you think and you don't for a minute when you're an adult but when, when you think Wallace has died at the mm. end of the movie um god I was nearly in tears like because because of how it was affecting Gromit yeah. it's so awfully sad and if they were to ever kill off <laughs> like it would it's just it's just not plausible mm. they're a perfect comedy duo you've got the straight man yes and the like uh, 
fool, I guess. Mm. And yet they're both endearing and they're both... Because unlike Laurel and Hardy, where I, uh, when I used to watch it as a kid, I would be like, I don't like Oliver Hardy because he's mean. Mm. Um, and Laurel's just innocent. There's none of that here. They're both innocent. It's just that Wallace is a bit... Not even thick. Just a bit... <laughs> I don't even know what... He's just enthusiastic and Gromit's like, okay, well, let's just calm down a bit, well, shall we? in this film, he's horny as fuck because he's just like... So weird. That's the one thing about this movie. Lady Toslington. That I was like... Ooh, that was uncomfortable. Um, when Gromit dresses... When, when Wallace turns into the were-rabbit at one point and... Um, Oh, oh yes, yes where Gromit is, is um, uh, yeah, dressed, <laughs> dressed as the, as the lady rabbit, girl rabbit, and uh, Wallace like, and I get it because it's um, it's uh, drawing into the the themes as we all remember from Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde about how the the true monster within the man is like a sexual predator, and the uh, sort of um, times of the Victorian era was very oppressive in that sense, and. Blah, 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 blah. This is the deepest analysis of Wallace and Gromit anyone has ever... (laughs) I genuinely think they were... You could read it as, like, look, we're homaging all of these great Mm. monsters. The Jekyll and Hyde thing is that he's more of a monster when he's the monster. Mm. And monstrous behaviour can be seen as being a sexual predator or or even just, like, an innocent version of that. Mm. Is there an innocent version of that? You you know what I mean? A bit more horny, as we've said. (laughs) But, um... The idea of Wallace squeezing the tail on the lady rat, it, like, it just made me uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> like, it really did. Well, there's the bit like, where it, he squeezes the tail and Gromit sort of slaps him around the face. Yeah, and Wallace doesn't like recoil. It almost like fires him up a little bit. That's it. That's what I don't like. It's, it's like, very like, uncomfortable. Mm, I like them feisty yeah. kind of attitude that we've thankfully gotten rid of in yeah. our movies that is just so vomit inducing. Mm. And it's, it's here because it's. It's very carry on, and it's, it's very, very carry on, yeah. Sort of that vibe, but I am just like I hate it. Thank, thank you. I hate it. Um, it is... That's the one bit, yeah. Just his because also I was like, didn't he get with the woman from a close shave? And then I remember she hated cheese, so no, he didn't. Not even Wensleydale. They... <laughs> no. What's wrong with Wensleydale? <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm very like impressed that you remember it. So I well. can quote probably about sixty percent <laughs> of all Wallace and Gromit related media off the top of my Fair. head. It was a real struggle have watching this film, not just recounting all of the dialogue as I went along. <laughs> oh yeah, you should see me in front of the philosopher's stone. I know like ninety percent of that. Oh, don't don't like Harry Potter, eh? Don't like the later Harry Potter oh, movies. Right. Whatever, sure. <laughs> Philosopher's Stone, we all know you mean Half-Blood Prince, come on. Oh, please. Philosopher's Stone is an iconic piece of cinema. <laughs> and the best Harry Potter movie, there I said it, it's out there in the world now. Do with it what you will. That's um, on record now. They never give Wallace a girlfriend, officially, mm. which is nice. But he fancies so many, and has sort of like romantic uh, interludes, if you will, with so many different people. How old is Wallace? Well, I don't, it's like... The first two films, Grand Day Out and Wrong Trousers, there's no romantic element at all. But every, everything <clears> since, there has been a romance element. Because Close Shave, you had Wendelin, who owned the wool shop. Uh, mm-hmm. Curse the Werewabbit Rabbit was Lady Tottington. And mm-hmm. A Matter of Loaf and Death, which is the most mm-hmm. recent and probably final Wallace and Gromit uh, yeah. piece of media, uh, is basically entirely about Wallace's love uh, life and his relationship with Piella, uh, the serial killer. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I don't think I've seen A Matter of Life and Death. Oh, okay. Um, Check it out. It's, it's very good. Yeah, it holds we've got up very it. Well. I will, yeah, I will watch it. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely watch but yeah, it. Yeah, like in the later ones, they seem intent on giving him a love interest. Yeah. And it's a bit like, he's more than this. He's got his friendship. <laughs> that's with what his I. Dog. That's what I. Yeah, I, I don't like that they, they feel like they have to keep going down this path. Um, mm. Obviously, Especially it's. Especially if he never actually gets with any of them. <laughs> well, we're not that we see. Yeah, true. If you want to try, you want to try and animate a stop motion sex scene by all means. <laughs> go oh, ahead, man. but I think they have more <laughs> These sense. These are than not that. the characters to do that with. <laughs> oh God! Also, it'd just be arduous and so bizarre, wouldn't it? Can you imagine like, you come into being work on every that day, set? You get like three seconds of footage done in 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 a day, and it's just like. Oh no! I don't even want to. No, let's not. I, I had a particularly nauseating sentence lined up, but we'll just forget that. We'll, we'll shelve that. Moving back on. Uh, yes, the Wallace's um, love life. Uh, I, I guess uh, maybe I could do without it in like being constant, but I don't think it detracts from this film. I think it's a nice. Uh, no, you know, if you're going to no, go back actually... to those olden days, like the classic. Uh, those classic elements of cinema where it's like you know the the the, um, the eligible woman, but she's you know in the grasp of this horrible man, uh, Victor, mm-hmm. who's played by Ray Fiennes, very well played by Ray Fiennes, <laughs> very well, uh, and Wallace, who is the complete binary opposite of, of Victor. Yeah, uh, I think that sets up quite an interesting dynamic, and it's not it's ever like this, yeah. Lady Tottington is just this prize to be won. She no, does. She serves a very a important part in the film. Yeah, it, it's true. Like, uh, especially when you're going to have a feature length, mm. you do need to have all of these different things happening, and it, it completely makes sense for the tone of the movie as well. It allows a nice King Kong bit at the end. <laughs> yes. Um, it's 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 such a good horror homage. As I was saying earlier about establishing atmosphere, like they do the sort of old monster movie stuff so well with the like when Gromit is alone in the van and you just keep hearing things and seeing things and stuff gets broken down and and then like the monster but you don't see the monster for a while I don't think you see the monster properly until you know who the monster is yeah yeah you don't see it properly until about an hour in yeah very clever like um dupeness of the audience and I think when I first watched this I I I can't remember how old I was um but I remember going to see the Wild Thornberrys movie. Oh, what a I, film. Well, yeah, it's brilliant. But you've got the Wild... It's very much like an episode of Scooby-Doo. You've got the Wild Thornberrys family, and then you've got... I think it was Rupert Everett playing like a <laughs> like a guy, and he turned up, and he was like, oh, no, there's poachers around. And I was like, oh, no, who could they be? Uh... And obviously the only people in the movie are Rupert Everett and the Wild Thornberrys. <laughs> and everyone in the cinema was like, well, it's Rupert Everett. Obviously Rupert Everett's Rupert the poacher. Everett, yeah. And I was like... Shook her when they revealed that the poacher was Rupert Everett. I was like, oh, it was him, but I thought he was the good guy. Like, I genuinely remember being like shocked. Um, and this movie, I think, if you were young, I mean, you'll have to tell me when you were eight, did you? Because they set it up where you think the rabbit in the cage mm. is the one that is the were-rabbit. Yeah. Um, and you just think that it's been Wallace. Because they do a nice touch where, like, he's been at the cheese and he's knocked the thing off, which is why the rabbit gets away with a bunch of stuff. It's very unhelpful for anyone that's not seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's very cleverly done. Yeah. Where they're like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. 
who is the rabbit? Uh, even with the footprints where you think it's going down into the hutch downstairs. Um, but it's not. It's going into Walter's yeah. bedroom. There's a great... Did you fall for it? Well, when I was a kid, yeah, absolutely. Because it's mm. this great bait and switch. It's like... Yeah, um, that's the word. They even show, uh, you know earlier in the film you know the 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 hutch containing well the rabbit is also called hutch which Uh, is the best character in this movie exactly we're going to talk about him later like it shakes and and the door bursts open and you think oh well no that sets that up quite nicely and they could have easily have just done um you know wallace and gromit accidentally create a sort of giant rabbit Uh, yeah easily um and then they wrap it up like midway through the film or so you think and there's this brilliant moment where gromit has followed these big rabbit footprints and it looks like they're leading to go downstairs, to go down to the basement. And as he's finishing up bolting the cage and building this big secure prison for Hutch, he closes the door and you see the footprints carry on. There's this brilliant bit of dramatic irony where you see it before Gromit does. And it's really well made. It's like... It's a, so good. Yeah, a properly good plot twist. Great third act setup for the for the final bits of this film it's really really cleverly done and it is and it didn't it yeah it, it didn't as you said it didn't need to mm. we would have bought a much lesser movie than we got <laughs> yes. we would have been happy with that but they went one step beyond as they mm. always do yeah and made it brilliant and clever and thoughtful because mm. it adds a whole new dynamic when wallace is mm. the as the you know he Wallace has become the problem he's trying to solve and then you get Victor is obviously out to kill the rabbit but he also wants to get rid of Wallace so he ends up coming to a very um, morally dubious decision that he's just going to murder Wallace (laughs) actually kill him literally shoot him with a bullet with a real gun which you know on reflection pretty harrowing for a kids movie it's like (laughs) mummy why is Voldemort trying to shoot Wallace (laughs) Well, you know what Voldemort's like. Oh, exactly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really well thought out script. Yeah. That, that it puts Gromit in a very compromising position as well because he it's, yeah. this really tests his um, intelligence. But he's got to not only so catch true. the rabbit but also save make, his friend. Keep him safe. Yeah. 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 And make sure that the rabbit doesn't come to any harm yeah. whilst not getting eaten by the rabbit himself. Yeah. And and also protecting the fact that Wallace is the rabbit because the rest of the village will, you know, not they'll turn on him if they find out mm-hmm. who it is. It's it's a lot, you know. You can take it on the surface as a silly kids film, but there's actually quite a yeah. lot going on here. It's honestly so good. Mm. The music is by Hans Zimmer. Yes. Like what? I know, right? <laughs> well, it is a film, so there is a fifty percent chance that Hans Zimmer has done the music <laughs> for it. It's either going to be him or Howard Shaw <laughs> or John Williams. <laughs> one of the three that's true. but yeah the music's fantastic like I love the it Wallace is. and Gromit music anyway like the, the opening <laughs> theme is such a joyous piece of music it's, yeah. it's fucking great it establishes what you're about to watch so it sets well sets the tone so well mm-hmm. yeah and there's it's like when you were mentioning earlier the bit where, where Gromit's in the van the musical score there is very subtle but it's very mm-hmm. it builds the tension so well it is something ripped straight out of a, a sort of a thriller almost yeah they do a great job of of having these silly elements mixed in with the very serious elements Mm -hmm. so you get you get the feeling of tension but ultimately your brain goes oh wait it's not very tense it's a giant rabbit so you're not scared but they're very good at doing that they're very good because there were times when i was watching this 
And I was like, I I am a little bit unnerved by what I'm watching. And if, if I was any younger, and especially if I'd watched it when I was very young, mm. I was scared of everything. <laughs> I'd have probably have been scared of it. But they, they very quickly, they're like, genuine threat. And then so quickly, they're like, they, they break it. So when Wallace is transforming into the rabbit in the forest. Oh, yes. It's so frightening. And it's being witnessed by Ray Fiennes and Ray Fiennes' little dog. It's genuinely so scary when he turns into the rabbit. Mm. Very sort of American werewolf in London vibes. Mm. But then we cut to Ray Fine's dog. He's like, let me in, Gromit, to the van. And Gromit's just very slowly like, no. He just put he just puts no. the lockdown on the door. <laughs> yeah. Really slowly. And it's so funny. And there's the bit where where like all his clothes are flying off and he's doing the transformation and all his yeah. buttons of his shirt fly off and hit Victor in the face and then just when you think <laughs> yeah. it's over his underpants hit him in the face as well <laughs> yeah. and it's I mean it's properly juvenile humour but it's so funny and it's so needed because it is so scary yeah. because also the, the fur on the rabbit is not something we're used to seeing in this stop animation claymation sort of thing so it's quite unnerving with how sort of different it is yeah you're right because um, even the the, the the actual rabbits they aren't furry are they They're, no but i'd never thought of it like yeah i don't know how they did yeah that. it's clever i read somewhere in probably in the imdb things um where they were like they had to be extra careful with it because they they couldn't leave any fingerprints on the fur yeah. and it was you can't obviously baby wipe it off <laughs> as you can on the claymation I mean, um, claymation just blows my mind. Like, shout out to anyone that yeah. can be arsed with claymation. <laughs> yes, like... Three seconds of footage in a day. Mm-mm. Fuck right off, no. quite frankly. Like, come on, <laughs> the the absolute painstaking to just like lift an eyebrow. Yeah. The amount of work that is going to have gone into that. It makes me. It's. I'm sweating just. It makes about me upset. It. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it makes me wonder what went wrong in Nick Park's childhood. <laughs> to, Why he needed to focus so yeah, much. Yeah, this level of masochism. arduous work. I know. It's it, I mean, completely <laughs> applaudable. And, and, you know, he deserves every recognition he's got. The dude's oh, got like definitely. four Oscars. And he, he's, he, Good. He earns, yeah, except give him more. Yeah. <laughs> Just give him all the Oscars, come on. But it's, Take them all. Yeah, but the thing about Wallace and Gromit is, you know, obviously the first short, Grand Day Out, was... It was done to show off the claymation. It was done to show off this is what we can do with the animation style. But ever mm-hmm. since they've done that, they haven't needed to show off as much. So they focused on the writing and the story, to the, even to the yeah. point where the, the writing and the story and the characters are so good, you sort of forget how much work has gone into it. You're not impressed by it, not in a bad way. But yeah. Just, but it's almost second nature. Well, of course it's made of clay. You know, this is it's not something that's made of clay that just happens to be funny it's a genuinely Literally. funny good well written piece of cinema like, that happens to be made of clay is all about timing mm. so to get clay pieces to do like slapstick <laughs> again I just my brain hurts yeah just thinking about how on earth they manage to like cause you're like it's like it's stop motion mm. but you're Clay, like the whole thing just fucking blows my mind. It's yeah. exhausting. Yeah, um, I, I I need to lie down. I was thinking literally, about it. Like, literally, I'm like in pain yeah. from just thinking about it. 
Um, so hats off to everyone involved ever mm. who's ever even attempted claymation. You are a lot more patient than me. Yeah. Also, um, maybe get a different hobby. Uh, no yeah, offense. Just like just play some. Outside. Just play Mario Kart. Just yeah. <laughs> just let your brain come on die for a yeah. little. <laughs> um, shout out to Ray Fine's dog. Uh, <laughs> Philip. It's probably called like oh, it's Philip. It's Philip. It Philip the dog. Um, it's so wonderful and my favourite bit and I remembered it because I was like is this problematic? I don't think it is (laughs) I know exactly the bit Um, you're talking about when they're on the rooftops of Tottingham Hall uh, in like the dogfight plains Mm -hmm. and Wallace is in a, what's it called I want to say blue bottle but it's not a blue bottle Gromit's in like a, he's in like an RAF plane and and Philip's in like a it's called something, it's the one with the like the like red target yeah is. yeah and philip's in like Something. a he's got like the luftwaffe logo on the yeah, back, I, of the, the back watching of the it and i was like is that a nazi plane <laughs> is that dog a nazi <laughs> is that dog a nazi um I, it's not a nazi plane i think it's just a a, a german yeah. a world war one german yeah. plane i believe a world war two because that was the one that was fought in the air um Good not a nazi plane don't worry <laughs> But um, they end up both in in Gromit's aeroplane, and they're they're like fighting, they're like struggling and fighting and biting, and then the thing runs out of money, <laughs> and Gromit's like running rummaging around in his pockets for change. Somehow he has he, pockets, like, even though he doesn't wear clothes. It, this is the thing that's so wonderful. Of course he has pockets, <laughs> like just in his dog fur, like <laughs> because it's just so ridiculous. It's wonderful. So then, of course, Philip loses patience stops him pulls out his little purse <sighs> rummages around for 50p and pops it in and the whole thing is very sort of effeminate mm. and and um meaningful and sort of pointed and i was like are we making fun of effeminate behavior or are we making fun of the juxtaposition of this horrible bulldog, but he has been a bit prissy throughout. And then I was just like, shut up, it's funny. (laughs) It's genuinely funny. Yeah, that's the Um, bit that I remember most from being a kid, finding that mm. utterly hilarious, because you're right, it's it's rummaging around in his pockets for change, and then Philip is just like, all right, I've had enough of this. He gets the purse out, there's the perfect amount of time between like there's a pause he then pops the purse open with a single like <laughs> oh sound and Gromit's just looking at him like uh um, and, it, and again not judging no just very confused because it is it's yeah it's just unexpected because he'd been so violent <laughs> up until this point he's literally trying to kill him yeah. and I think that's it I think it's the absolute sort of pause and difference in tone yeah. to then res- obviously resume with the perfect timing um, it's like the um, you know the big strong muscly man with the squeaky voice. It's like yeah, it's not. I've just fun. I've it's read not... too many articles about how um, Disney villains were based on the fop who was meant to be hmm. the sort of gay character, if you will. Yeah, um, someone's been spending too much that... time on Vice <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so every now and then I'm like, oh, is that offensive? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to my blog spot and, and I'm going to write about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get very angry on Twitter about this. Um, But there's no need. It's fine. In fact, surprisingly, this movie, considering how much it takes from sort of uh, classic British humour, which you can argue is usually horribly sexist (laughs) and quite racist, um, this isn't offensive Mm. in 
at, like at, like at, at, at all. Yeah. And it came out in 2005, so it so easily could. Even even like wonderful people who you love and admire were saying stupid shit back in 2005 because we didn't realize it was stupid shit back then. Yeah. But everyone knows feminism maybe, wasn't invented until 2013. So exactly until Emma Watson said it was. <laughs> <laughs> so like it just it's it's really nice how good this movie is if that makes sense it holds up so well yes and i think it will continue to hold up definitely because it is timeless it's it is literally timeless Mm. i mean like it yeah like all of wallace and gromit is is just timeless and i yeah i think i'm glad that if if something is going to survive if something is going to you know, be sort of the lasting legacy of British cinema. I want it to be Wallace mm-hmm. and Gromit because definitely, it's such a great ambassador for everything that should, like you know, all the the stupid stereotypes about this country, but in a nice way, <laughs> yeah, rather than a so racist true. way. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And we don't, they don't rely on anything that was like colonialist. Yeah. They don't appropriate anyone's culture. They're not sexist. They're not racist. They're the closest we get is sexism, and even that's like quite harmless. Yeah. Um, it's just a thoroughly lovely film. And they don't date themselves. They mm. don't bring out a mobile phone, yes. and they don't. Um, they sort of use this technology. No one has the internet, and if they do, it's very sort of like basic dial up. And <laughs> that's the best way to do it. Like, even Disney have started getting really bad at dating their own movies oh, by God. making. Oh, like, How bad is Wreck It Ralph 2 going to look? in like oh, God, 10 years like, time yeah it just it just seems ridiculous mm. to do that when you know that it's not gonna last yeah and your whole thing well your whole thing is to make money doesn't we all have <laughs> michael eisner but uh yeah yeah it's uh, this doesn't do that and it's brilliant it's brilliant it, it's it, it's just so nice to just sit down and switch off and watch something that is very silly but I just mm-hmm. I I hate the idea that just because something is silly, people automatically tar it with that brush, and people think, oh, it's not, it can't be clever, it can't be good. I yeah, love silly so humor. Clever. I love silly. Silly humor. humor is clever because you have to go beyond the obvious, yeah. and you have to go beyond. You're not allowed to swear, and you're not allowed to make any lewd references. Like it's it's always funnier to hear people not swearing. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. can you imagine in Home Alone if Joe Pesci was allowed to just like <laughs> talk like he was in Goodfellas, but he wasn't? So hearing Joe Pesci, someone who clearly wants to swear after being beaten up by Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> going like, why are you order? Yeah, it's like much funnier than actual swear words. So much funnier. Um, question to a Wallace and Gromit fan. Mm-hmm. How does he get cured? The power of cheese. <laughs> and love. Uh... There's no explanation. That was the one part of this movie that I was like, wait, what? what? He falls off the thing. Yeah. And then he turns back into Wallace. Mm-hmm. And then he's revived by some stinky cheese. But <laughs> And then he's just, too, and he's just, he's just not going to be a were-rabbit anymore. And, like, no one can tell me why. And the... Hutch doesn't revert back to being a normal rabbit. Um, pinning that when you talk about Hutch. But, yeah, how does he get cured? The way I see it, the way I, I uh, explained it to myself was that when Wallace fell off the, the roof as the were-rabbit, the were-rabbit died. Okay. But Wallace survived... And he just needed to be roused by the the stinking bishop, 
the, the smelly okay. cheese. So that's the best I'll explanation. <laughs> like, because even at the time, I was like, I don't care. It's still a good movie. <laughs> like, it's fine. The movie puts um, in enough good work to not worry about exactly stuff like that. Yeah, it's fair. I think. Um, but you know. I think had they actually come up with like a serious, you know, technological out for this, they even just they just needed um, a grommet to have caught one of the green floating things from the laboratory mm. into a, a a needle and then just like inserted <laughs> it into Wallace's oh. arm or something. I'd have bought that. I'd have just been like, "Yep, fine, no worries." I, I, I'll I'll accept the explanation they gave it because I, I think it, yes, it, it had to it had to involve cheese somehow because yeah Wallace loves Wallace loves that cheese yes he does yeah yeah that's fair so Hutch is sort of what happens when you mix Wallace with a rabbit mm-hmm. so that the, this rabbit sort of gradually becomes Wallace over time and it he only says things that are mentioned in previous movies I love or that. this movie he doesn't say anything new which I love is a really that. lovely touch um, it's Whoever came up with this idea, they were like, we need, we'll have Wallace as the were-rabbit, but then we'll have, like, a rabbit that's slowly turning into Wallace. (laughs) Whoever came in up with that idea, have a medal, have an Oscar, like, oh my god, it should be creepy as hell, and yet it is the funniest part of this movie. I think they realised how funny Wallace is as a character, because if you just take all the little, like, Wallace-isms that he says like there's a bit where he's like Hutch is just there and obviously he only speaks in like sentence fragments so he just goes cheddar yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, really yeah. funny he'll be like driving a car away from something and being like oh a nice bit of Wensleydale <laughs> like completely out of context like instead of like I think that's what it is it's the way that he's not saying anything to yeah. do with anything that's happening and he's just like Oh, I do like a bit of cheese. I do like a bit what? of gorgonzola. It's just... <laughs> and it's this rabbit, like, in this oversized tank top. And it's, it's <laughs> just genius. It's so good. It's so... It, I, I hadn't quite realised how good a bit of the film that was. But again, they didn't need to put this in, but they went above and beyond to include this yeah, really funny touch. gifted yeah. us with so Hutch. Good. I'd forgotten, and I was reading the IMDb cast list, mm-hmm. and it obviously Peter Sellers is at the top, and it says Wallace slash Hutch, yeah. and I was like, what the fuck is Hutch? Is that what he's <laughs> called when he's a were-rabbit? <laughs> like, I'd completely forgotten that aspect of the movie, and the minute he, like, walks out of his cage and is like, ooh, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> it's so good. Oh, he's, it, like, Wallace says things that other human beings don't say, yeah. Like, there's a line in this film where Gromit's driving the van really quickly and he just goes, Slow down for pity's sake, you'll buckle me cronions. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Who knows? What, but those you are know words. And I think they're giving, like, his weird sentences to a giant rabbit in a, in a vest. <laughs> that is surreal humour. It's absolute finest. That's, Monty Python it would be is. proud of that. It is. And again, so British. When he's like inventing and Wallace is like, oh, look at me go. Yes. <laughs> it's so clever. It's, it, I, yeah, I, I hadn't realised how much I liked Hutch, but yeah. And he's mm-hmm. only really in it for about 20 minutes. Not even Not that. Even Probably that. about seven yeah. if you like break it down. But to, to, I mean, on so that good. note, the film itself is only about 80 minutes long, isn't it? It's, it's, it's an hour such a and 25 short film. minutes. Yeah. 
and yet it manages to establish uh, three acts, perfectly formed, brilliant um, characters that we know the ins and outs of, perfect um, use of the sort of classic uh, mechanical sort of things you see in all of these sort of movies, especially with the Wallace and Gromits, yeah. the different ways to get themselves out of bed and stuff. Oh, yes. Um, the ju- like, it's just so well-paced, so well-structured. Mm. Like, it's just... It makes movie making look easy. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Absolutely. It is. It's, it's so not. tight <laughs> as a as yeah. a script. There's not a single ounce of flab, a single bit of guff. It's, yeah. Like nothing's wasted. This is the. This is a a, a, a sirloin steak of a movie. It We've trimmed is. all the fat, and this is just the juicy bits in the middle. And it's just perfect. Yeah, it's it's. I love this film. Uh, it, it won the it won it's the Oscar for best gem. academy uh, best animation. Should too fucking right. Yeah, exactly. Like Disney haven't deserved that Academy Award in years, <laughs> and they keep fucking giving it to them. Everyone. Like, Toy Story Four was not that good. Oh, uh, again, another tangent. Especially uh, on a year when Klaus came out. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. My favourite bit of criticism for this film I've seen is I think it was in the same category as uh, Spirited Away. Um, oh, and wow. everyone was like, oh, how did Spirited Away not win the Oscar? And I was like, have you seen Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rapids? <laughs> it's the perfect like, film. Spirited Away is very good, but like. It's not Wallace is, and Gromit, Curse of the Were Rapids. It's brilliant. Like, it's so good. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's just perfect. Um, any any final thoughts? Um, I mean, I could just sit here and quote lines from the film, <laughs> but I think I'll do that in my own time. It... I was literally thinking that I just saw Peter Kay on the cast, oh. and I was like, oh, remember when that woman's playing the organ? And he's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not now. Mental. <laughs> Mental. It's, it's, it's one of my absolute proper feel-good films it's mm-hmm. uh i don't i don't watch like a great deal of films i'm not a, a hugely filmy guy uh, even though my degree is in film and tv <laughs> um i'll watch them when they're on but I, I very rarely go out of my way to actually sit down and put a film on by myself mm-hmm. but i could watch this over and over again till the cows come yeah. home because it's so good it's just really nice it's it's a lovely mix of nostalgia for me and genuine enjoyment as an adult so mm-hmm. funny, well written, tight script. Yeah. If you've not seen it, definitely check it out. Oh my god, go and see it. Yeah. How have you not seen it? It came out in two thousand five. Exactly. Come on, people. So long ago now. Wake up. <laughs> wake up and wake, watch Wallace and Wake up, it. sheeple. <laughs> um, so tell us about your podcast. Uh, my podcast is the Bad Things podcast that I host with my friend Nathan Packham. Every month we take a new topic, uh, we alternate between audio and visual, and we review it. Uh, we we focus in on things that have famously poor reviews. So our first episode was on Arc Music Factory, the record label that gave us Friday by Rebecca Black. Nice. Uh, we review that in its entirety. We reviewed Grease 2, uh, which uh, was critically panned. Have you seen Grease 2? I've not seen Grease 2. Okay. I think I'd like it if I watched it, to be honest. <laughs> I would watch it, I like yeah. a couple of the songs. Michelle Pfeiffer. Man. Oh, yeah. Like, what's, to, what's to not Absolutely like? Absolutely incredible in that film. Uh, we reviewed uh, Lulu, the Metallica and Lou Reed collaboration <laughs> album, which is just <laughs> dreadful. And wow. our most recent episode, uh, which is either coming out soon or out now, depending on when this gets released, is on a reality TV show from 2014 called I Want to Marry Harry, where uh, 12 American women compete to win the affections of a Prince Harry lookalike 
who is pretending to be Prince Harry. I vaguely remember that. (laughs) It's insane. And we go into, you know, they're quite long podcasts. uh, So if you like your long form dip in and out sort of podcasts, uh, definitely check us out. We're on Facebook. If you search for Bad Things the Podcast, Uh, we're on Twitter at Bad Things Pod, Instagram at Bad Things Pod. Uh, and you can listen to us on Acast or you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search for The Bad Things Podcast and we should be there. Boom. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, county buddy. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Ipswich. <laughs> Yay. Um, the, uh, this was an absolute joy to re- revisit. I'd, as I said, I completely forgot that this movie existed and it's fucking perfect. So, so take that. Spirit yeah. away. I'm joking. I love you, Spirit Take away. Take that, but, like, Studio Ghibli. <laughs> Another great movie for good-looking food, Spirit Away. <laughs> or most Ghiblis, to be fair. Or Ghibli, yeah. however yeah. you pronounce it. Um, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And we will see you next time on Why This Film. Bye! You, you're allowed to say bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and... <laughs> thank you so much for listening if you enjoy why this film why not head to itunes and leave us a review and you can now support why this film on patreon from as little as one pound a month just head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast you can find us on facebook at why this film podcast on instagram at why this film podcast and on twitter at why this film pod if you'd like to come on the show and talk about your favourite childhood movie, email into us at whythisfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Hello, darling. It's me, Tessianos, host of the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. And if I got a Halloween treat for you. This October, I am hosting a horror comic marathon for 31 days. That's right, my frightful fiends. Every single day from October 1st to October 31st, OCD will review a horror comic to count down to the greatest holiday ever conjured. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast, Facebook at facebook.com slash OCD Podcast, and Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod. It's going to be a hauntingly good time, so be there or, or just... Just be there. Ooh. Is your mattress making noises it never used to? Or is it sagging, causing you to... Then it's time to get a new one. Get the best sleep at the best value with a Nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com. Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash whythisfilmpodcast and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout-out on the pod. 
For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long lost movies and I hope you do too.